see Zippo. I got you, homie. No more Jose, no more Rose. Welcome, Peter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. I am not Matt Matera. I am Josh Capo uh, of Pewter Report, and joined with me is our Uber intern, Adam Slavon, the fantastic, wonderful, superb gentleman who, uh, despite his love of Aaron Rodgers, we still like him. Adam, how are you this evening? I'm doing very well, and I appreciate all the wonderful adjectives used to describe me. I would say likewise to you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And for today, we are going to talk a little bit about what the Bucks should do in the upcoming 2023 NFL Draft, where they are currently set to pick 19th overall. And it's just kind of a weird place to pick, don't you think, Adam? I mean, you're not you're not in the top echelon where you can really get that that dude, um, but you're not really at the bottom end where you maybe think to move back and get some extra picks, or do you? Yeah, it's a very interesting situation that the Bucks find themselves in, and it's similar to like in the NBA, the teams that are in the lottery, like the top fourteen, and then the teams like in the middle of the pack, and then you have like the playoff teams. The Bucs are kind of in that middle of the pack area where they can't necessarily get a star unless they trade up, and we can kind of talk about that. So their options are either staying there or perhaps trading back and getting more assets because they have a lot of holes to fill on the roster. Yeah, uh, quite a few. They have, uh, I want to say, over 20 free agents uh, of their own um, set to hit free agency here in just a little over a month now. And... Um, you, you've got to imagine they're not going to be able to bring them all back, uh, especially considering that the Bucks have, uh, they have the ability to create cap room, but for all intents and purposes, they're kind of in the second worst position in the NFL, um, just ahead of only the New Orleans Saints, who are always kind of in that last spot. They're going to have to clear a lot of cap space just to get cap compliant by the first day of the new league year. And, uh, and with that, you, you can't imagine that they're going to be able to bring everyone back. So quite a few holes, just talking on the defense alone. We've got Jamel Dean, Mike Edwards um, are both uh, starters who are set to hit free agency. Levante David as a linebacker. Akeem Hicks as an interior defensive lineman. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, of course, Tom Brady retired, so there's a big glaring hole at quarterback. Um, so just a whole bunch of places where they're going to have to fill needs and they're not going to be able to fill them all by re-signing their own players or even going out into free agency, which means that the draft is, um, a very important, uh, one for Jason Light and this team, uh, here this year. So Teddy with a comment here, kind of need every position besides center guard, nose tackle and inside linebacker, assuming Levante comes back. I'd love to take the best on the board, an instinct impact player. I think he might have meant instant impact player, especially if it's a guy no one expected to be there. Pretty good comment there from Teddy. Um, But before we get into anything else, we want to let you know this podcast is brought to you by our friends at... Still getting the hang of this thing. (laughs) 
Um, our friends at Celsius. So um, Celsius is the presenting sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. And you can check out their new flavors, Fantasy Vibe and Lemon Lime. They have seven essential vitamins without any of the post-energy drink crash or jitters. Now you can pick one up at all sorts of places, Walmart, Target, the local convenience store, or as our friend Matt Matera loves to go to, his local bodega. Um, we personally have our own favorite flavors. Adam, what's your favorite? Ooh, I would say right now I'm really rocking with the lemon lime. The lemon lime. So you like one of the new ones. I yeah. am a classic Arctic peach kind of guy. Um, I love the, the vibes that it gives me. Um, and the cool thing about Celsius is that they give you so many different flavors to choose from. You're, everybody's going to find their own favorite. So you can go to your uh, the Celsius store locator on their website, type in your address, and it'll tell you exactly where you can find your nearest, nearest Celsius. And then if you want more, best way to get it, do the subscribe and save and get a Celsius in bulk at Amazon.com. Have it sent to you weekly, monthly, quarterly. You can set it up whenever you want. So <clears throat> with that, Adam, um, let's just kind of start with what if the Bucks stay at 19? What if they decide, you know what? We had a lot of luck with OJ Howard a few years ago at 19, and we're going to try and do it all over again. Who are some players that you think that they could potentially target um, at number 19 in this upcoming draft? Yeah, so kind of branching off of Teddy's comment, great comment. The Bucks really need a playmaker, and they need to inject life into both offense and defense. You really could argue at any level. They need to bring in guys. They had one of the oldest rosters in the league. They need young, skill position players that can really create, make turnovers, score touchdowns, things like that. So some names that I wrote down, uh, we have our podcast header, uh, Cam Smith, the cornerback. Uh, Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of Boston College. Brian Branch from Alabama. And another one I'll throw at you is Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas. All right, we got to so, start there. You yeah. really think with all the holes on this roster that the Bucks would take a first-round running back after all the information that's out there about how running backs in the first round don't usually deliver that kind of value, the fact that they already have Rashad White and potentially Leonard Fournette, who is still on this roster, you think the Bucks would forego cornerback, safety, interior defensive line, edge, offensive line, and take a running back? I could definitely see that happen, and I can explain. So, okay, we, we need this, because I know the co commenters are going to go wild over this one. Yeah, so the Bucks, I see them releasing Leonard Fournette after okay. struggling last season, maybe averaging, I think it was like three and a half yards per carry. They had the worst running game in football last season without having Tom Brady setting an NFL record in passing attempts at age 45. They need a more balanced offensive attack. Who else but Bijan Robinson, arguably the best running back in college football this past season. Him paired with Rashad White would create a potent thunder and lightning duo. And in a lot of ways, based on how he's built and the numbers he's put up at Texas, he kind of reminds me of Jonathan Taylor a guy drafted a few years ago in the second round and just his production, he would be an instant thousand yard rusher. In my opinion, he would be able to break away big runs. He's very elusive. 
great cuts. The offensive line next season, having Ryan Jensen, who should be back, should be healthier, it's going to be a better offensive line. They may have like a bridge quarterback. Uh, we've wrote a couple, couple articles on different bridge quarterbacks the Bucks may look at. And just having a solid running game, I think, will be really important. And it might be the basis of the offense next season. I, I see what you're saying in terms of, you know, they, they'll, especially with Todd Bowles at the helm, I, I know that they want to get better in terms of their running game. I just worry about the lack of value there. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that Robinson isn't worth a first round pick. Um, I, I just got done with his tape study myself last night, came away extremely impressed, and I do have a first round grade on him. My thing is, A, just for, for those viewers who are saying well, first round, he, he, he was going to be, like you said, an instant impact starter. Absolutely. I worry about the value there, the value that you're going to take away from Rashad White by putting him in there, um, and the opportunity cost, right? Because they, he's not the only really good running back in this draft, and I think that there's a lot of value to be had later on that you could still pair with Rashad White and get what you're looking for out of that running game um, without using that premium pick on Robinson. Now, there was another name that you mentioned that I think, um, let's dive a little bit deep in, into the, I would love it if he was there at 19. I'm just not sure if he's going to be there. But talk to me a little bit about how you feel about Brian Branch. Yeah, so Brian, Brian Branch, I think, in my opinion, he would probably be taken by the Patriots at 14. He just seems like kind of a Patriots-style player and how versatile he is. Mm-hmm. He he kind of reminds me of Antoine Winfield in the way that he could be utilized as a slot cornerback, as a safety. He had a couple sacks last year at Alabama and just being really versatile. With the Bucks having four safeties hit free agency along with Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting, they need secondary help. And what better way to maybe get another utility knife in the back end with Brian Branch? And I like him a lot. He just he does everything well. He rated really good in coverage and tackling. I think he only missed four tackles like all season. So curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I, I really liked uh, what limited uh, um, amount I've seen of him. I, I agree with you. I know Scott Reynolds. It, um, actually, the, it's funny, the comp you just gave him in terms of kind of the next Antoine Winfield Jr., that's exactly what Scott said to me earlier today. So a lot of people seem to to find that um, that comp there, and it's a great comp to have, right? If you have two Antoine Winfield Juniors on the field, your defense has a good chance of being, at the very least, solid, right? Um, so Branch, I think the cool thing is, is with, uh, with Bowles' defense, you don't really have your traditional strong safety and your traditional free safety. And I think both him and Winfield can kind of move interchangeably between those two so- spots. So I like it. I-, I think that he'd be an impact player. Um, for me, the position that I kind of have started scouting um, for the upcoming draft, because I do think that there's going to be a big hole there, um, is cornerback, right? So I've gotten a chance to look at a few corners. Not, I haven't gotten through the entire class, but one guy who I, I, I would love for the Bucks to take, um, I think he could be that instant impact player, um, especially because I don't foresee the Bucks re-signing Jamel D. Okay, I, I've done a, a kind of a contract comp for him where, where I think his contract's going to land. Um, came out very similar to uh, Brad Spielberger over at uh, PFF at Pro Football Focus. 
And it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of like four years and $17 million a year, somewhere between 68 and 72 overall. And just where the bucks are from a cap perspective, they've already paid Carlton Davis on the other side. I just don't see them um, re-signing Dean. Uh, and so with that, you've got this big hole on the other side of the field opposite CD3. And so I could see them taking a cornerback in the first round. The positional value is there because cornerbacks are extremely important in today's NFL. And you've got a lot of guys who could go in the first round. Um, one who I would love, although I don't think he's going to be there at that point, would be Devon Witherspoon. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he is just absolutely nuts. Um, he's a corner out of Illinois. He's six foot 180. So it's kind of in that Bucks mold of, um, of, of in terms of size. He's physical and run defense. He's a powerful tackle, tackler for his size. Plays with great instincts. He's awesome in press man, which is something that the Bucks have looked for in corners coming out of college. And then they kind of teach him the zone skills. So Witherspoon's fantastic. Um, a guy that I really liked at the Senior Bowl when we were there last week was Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami. I think he's yep. another guy. 19 may be a little bit rich for him, um, but depends on if there's a run at corner. Uh, I don't think that it would be too much of a reach. And then I know a lot of guys, I think I even saw a comment earlier um, who, you know, are talking about uh, Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. Um, and then uh, actually got a comment here kind of talking about it. Um, so Joey Porter, uh, Al Bundy says Christian Gonzalez, but he's not, but he's going to be gone. I probably agree with that. Um, Gonzalez out of Oregon, I believe. And then yep. Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. So I think Cornerback's a really great position because I think there are going to be a lot of guys available at 19 where it'll be a good pick. The converse side of that is there are some really great corners, some that we got to see at the Senior Bowl, who could make you think we can get a, I'm sorry, the Bucks could get a corner later in the draft with a lot of skill and a lot of talent. And you can maybe use that number 19 pick for another position. So um, who are some of the guys you saw maybe a little bit later in the draft that you were able to view in the, at the senior bowl who you really liked. Yeah. So another guy with uh, some NFL bloodlines talk about Joey, Joey Porter jr. Kyle blue Kelly out of Stanford. Now another we're corner, talking. <laughs> yeah. Another corner that would really fit the Todd Bowles mold being such a, like a very physical man to man corner, but also he displayed a lot of ability to switch in zone and switch on different guys. I'm really impressed with him. He had a great week, really smart intellectual football player. And then another guy is Julius Brents out of Kansas State. Now I see the Bucks. Like, where would you see Brents going? Maybe like third, fourth round. That's probably where I'd put him. But I yeah. can see this draft for the Bucks being like another one where they get two cornerbacks in one draft. They did it with uh, MJ Stewart and Carlton Davis. I can see him double dipping again because it's such a deep class, and they can get potentially two cornerbacks to replace the two that they would be losing in free agency. Yep. I do think that there's a chance that the Bucks do bring back someone like Sean Murphy bunting. And before I trigger everyone in the chat, that's not to say that he would be the starter. Um, he would probably have a chance to fight for that role, but I could see them bringing him back on a cheap one-year contract for depth purposes. So I uh, see a lot of guys talking about another cornerback. So Emmanuel Forbes, um, Forbes is an interesting watch. I've only got dove, dove into his tape a little bit. He's really, really long. He's got the wingspan that the Bucks really like. Um, he's extremely opportunistic. I think he had six interceptions this past year. Um, 
I, I, the consistency isn't there that I would um, feel like he was a good value in the first round. Second round, probably around that 50th pick that the Bucks own. Um, I could see that being a possibility. The one thing that I will say is this draft is just really deep at corners. So there's a yeah. lot of guys that people can mention who they'll give you good vibes, right? You may not want them all in the first round, but there's definitely some things to like about them. So um, now outside of corner, as Geist85 says, we got to get better at the pass rush. JTS and Hall aren't pinning already, and Shaq is a question mark at the moment. So who did you see in terms of pass rushers that you might think that the Bucks could target at number 19? Yeah, one potential name that we've kind of floated around is Isaiah Foskey, I believe out of Notre Dame. Yep. The past two seasons, he's had double-digit sack totals. And in an offseason where the Bucks have many needs, perhaps the biggest is defensive line because there's so many question marks there. You have Vita Vea, potentially Logan Hall, and who else? With Akeem Hicks being a free agent, you don't know about Shaq Barrett quite yet if he's going to be able to return to form. JTS, he needs to make a big leap. Anthony Nelson's a free agent. Nassib's a free agent. They have to inject life there, too. And Foskey... In a lot of ways, he, he's very athletic, but he's also really strong, and he can get past like the tackles on the ends, and he's able to tackle. That was a big thing with JTS. He wasn't able to finish the pressures that he was getting last season. And Foskey, he could be a great fit. I also see if they go the linebacker route, guys that can also rush a passer, maybe Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. He had 13 sacks, I believe, in his three seasons there, three full-time seasons. Mm -hmm. And also Nolan Smith out of uh, Georgia another very athletic physical linebacker because they might have to replace Levante David too. And that'd be a big need to fill. Smith is an interesting name and I'm glad you brought him up because there's a lot to like in terms of his tape. He's got some great yeah. bend. There are some question marks too. Uh, and I think it all starts with his size. I want to say he's only like 240 pounds. I could be wrong about that, but right yeah. around there. Um, and Nolan Smith out of Georgia, for those of you who aren't, aren't familiar with him. Um, and with that size kind of comes that second concern, which is injury concerns. He missed a lot of time this year uh, with some injuries, but he definitely flashes the talent. Uh, and I would say he's one of the better uh, pass rushers in terms of the tape that I've seen so far. So um, very interesting uh, one there. I think he could be available at 19. It's just that's going to be a huge boomer bust pick if, if, from my point of view. And I think a lot of it just comes down to, will he be able to hold up at the NFL level uh, against these guys who are, you know, these offensive tackles who are just giants. So yeah. um, I think Simpson's, I, I was just going to say Simpson's even lighter. I think he's like 225, 230. And you're talking like injury concerns for both of them, but they'd be really versatile weapons for like Todd Bowles to utilize and maybe delayed blitzes and coverage off the edge. There's just a lot you can do with them. Sure, sure. All right. Um, so I think that we covered quite a few people that we could hit at or that the Bucks could pick at 19. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about some other scenarios, right? They don't have to just stay at 19. There's the possibility that they could, say, trade back, right, and try and pick up some additional picks. Um, before we get into that scenario, though, I do want to tell everyone about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. 
So, um, underdog fantasy, you've got all sorts of different ways that you can have fun with them. You can do their best ball mania, um, their pick them. Um, I want to, I'll talk to you a little bit about the pick'em. So I want to tell you about the easiest way to get some action on all of your favorite pro sports. And that is with underdogs fantasy and their pick'em and rivals games. They have the NFL, UFC, NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, and even the PGA. Just pick over or under on your favorite, or you can go with your least favorite player's stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the code PEWTER20 and get your first deposit matched up to $100 by Underdog. Now, Underdog was something that we really enjoyed throughout the season. I know yourself, myself, and Matt often were given a lot of our picks pregame before the Bucks games. I had a blast with them. Didn't win as much money as I would have liked, but I definitely had a lot of fun. How about you? Yeah, a lot of games are really close where you'd be like a couple yards short. And it's just a really interesting way to like follow games. And it keeps you engaged on games you might not even be interested in and in various sports as well. So definitely was a lot of fun this past season. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. And I'm looking forward to doing it um, again when Major League Baseball season starts up. So, um, so Adam, we talked a little bit about the Bucks picking at 19 and some potential targets. Um, let's discuss the possibility of them trading back. Um, what would you look for? What range would you want, want the bucks to trade back for? Where do you think they can find the best value? And at that point, what kind of a package would you want to get, um, for the 19th overall pick? Yeah. So I know, I think it was, yeah, you wrote an article kind of talking about like some different scenarios if they were to like trade back and what that would look like. And, I would want them to go in the range of maybe 25 to 30, maybe still keeping a late round, a late first round pick, or perhaps even going early second round as they did last year, having the 33rd overall pick and uh, selecting Logan Hall. So we kind of mentioned some players talking about Robinson, Branch, Flowers, different cornerbacks. If one of those guys were still on the board at like 25 or 30, that would be ideal for the Bucks because they, as we mentioned, they have a lot of holes to fill and it would be a chance to get more impact players and more bang for the buck. Uh, but a chance to get more value, I think is really important for the team. And so in a trade, I would look for maybe like a second round. If they were to get like an early second round pick, a third round pick this year, and maybe a third round pick next year would be something I could see as like fair value, something in that ballpark. Yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of that package, right? And, and I, I think it is going to come with a combination of picks, you know, additional picks this year, as well as potentially a mid-round pick next year. I think you highlighted the third rounder in 2024 is probably right in the sweet spot. I, I think there are a few different things that have to kind of all come together for that scenario to play out. I know fans love to just say, well, they should just do it, right? I, and I've, I've seen some... Uh, comments here that are uh, kind of to that effect. And in an ideal world where every pick hits, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. But one thing to remember is at, the further you go back in the draft, the less likely you are to 
hit on your picks. Now, what teams do in order to hedge against that is they accumulate more picks, right? And, and that has been a successful drafting strategy for a lot of teams. The other thing is you have to have two to tango. So there has to be somebody who really wants to move up to 19. And that's where kind of the dichotomy starts to unfold. The Bucks would have to say, for all the players available here at 19, we have a group of players that we feel very similarly about in terms of their value. And we feel that at least, I would say at least two of them are going to be available wherever we trade back to. At the same time, you have to have another team who values some player in the draft so high that they're willing to give up extra assets to go get that player. Um, so it's not always the easiest thing in the world. You hear teams talk all you know every year about, you know, we, we would have traded back, but we just didn't, you know, there was nobody who wanted to come up to our pick or, or vice versa. We wanted to trade up. We just couldn't find that trade partner. So all of that has to kind of happen. And then the question becomes, you know, how far back are they willing to go? I don't foresee the Bucks being willing to trade out of the first round. I still think that wherever, if they were to trade back in any of these scenarios, I don't see them going that far. And um, it, I, I think in my article, I put 28 was about as far as I thought that they would go back. Um, but I just don't see them going back into the second round like they did last year. Now, last year, it wasn't that far of a jump back because they were picking 32nd overall. And I heard, no, I'm sorry, 20, it was like 27th, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and they and they went back to 33. So it was only about a six foot uh, jump back. But those are those are kind of the things that have to happen. I could see that happening if there's still a decent number of corners on the board. But I think there are other positions that if the Bucks really want to um, target those, the depth drops off pretty quickly and they wouldn't necessarily want to make that move backwards. Right. I don't see the edge class being so great that um, you're going to see a ton of first rounders, guys that they would see um, very similarly, where they'd be willing to risk moving back, you know, seven to nine places. So it's it's a very interesting kind of area to move back to um, kind of looking at the mock drafts. Is there anybody that you think would be available on the you know, let's say the last five or six picks of the of the first round that you think the Bucks might want to trade back to target. Yeah, uh, maybe one of the aforementioned corners that we talked about. I know uh, we didn't mention Cam Smith yet out of South Carolina. Yeah, and another cornerback. He kind of fits. He's very similar in build to Sean Murphy Bunting. Very physical. He could be an option there. One of the other guys, maybe Ringo or Forbes, if they decide to go that route, and also Trenton Simpson. He's a guy that, because of his size, he might slip a few picks. Same thing with Nolan Smith. Otherwise, it it's tricky for the Bucs to really say there, there's one guy that we know is going to be back six, seven picks that they might feel comfortable taking at 19, and they might decide this is our guy, this is a playmaker that we need. But it, it's just a tricky slope because there's so many holes to fill that they need the extra picks. Sure. But their, their guy might not be there at pick 30 or wherever they choose to. And in a, it's a draft class that in the top 10, there's a lot of star players. You have Jalen Carter, you have Will Anderson, 
on the on the defensive side of the ball in terms of edge rushers, it kind of drops off from there. There's a lot of guys with a lot of different concerns and Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy, he could be an option, and Brian Breesey, Lucas Van Ness. But all those guys come with question marks. And the Bucks really need to hit in this draft and they need to get some home runs. And so they might choose to move down the board and get more depth, but they also need stars at the same time. Right. And, and I think all eyes are going to be on this man right here. So yeah. Jason Light, you know, he's had some pretty phenomenal drafts in the past. I know he's come under criticism um, over these last couple of seasons uh, or a couple of drafts uh, because you haven't seen the instantaneous impact um, that he kind of set the precedent with in 2020 when he went back to back with with, uh, you know, fantastic picks between Tristan Wirfs, who's kind of turned himself into a top two right tackle in the NFL and Antoine Winfield Jr., who's quickly ascending the list of the top safeties. And so he kind of set that standard. And then the following draft, um, you know, you have somebody like Joe Tryon Shoyinka. I know many Bucks fans have been fr frustrated with his sack production. I'm on record as saying that I think his development has been fine for his first couple of years. And on a snap to snap basis, he's doing all the things that you would want out of a guy who sh who's trying to word this correctly in my head here, uh, based on the reasonable expectation of his career arc, considering that he missed his last year of, of college due to COVID, then in his first year he wasn't a full-time starter and they kind of moved him around the line. Um, seeing that jump from year one to year two on a snap-by-snap -snap basis, I was very happy with his performance, and I think he stands to, to take another step forward here in year three and hopefully – quell some of those doubters um but you have that and then logan hall you know by any objective measure had a very disappointing rookie season so with all of that kind of permeating over the last few years all eyes are going to be on jason light to see how he can fill this roster and fill all these holes through the draft um i guess my last question for you in this scenario um where the bucks trade back i think the big pick that they would probably pick up in in the immediate um, would be that extra third rounder, right? So we give the Bucks two third rounders uh, to play with. So thinking at the depth portion there, what position or do you have some players kind of in your mind that you might want the Bucks to to target in the third round there? Yeah, in the third round, if they were to get a late first round pick, like some guys later on the board, we mentioned Kyle Blue Kelly and Julius Brents. Those could both be options in the second and third round. Another guy who impressed during the Senior Bowl week was Ty J. Spears. If they don't want to invest maybe a first-round pick in a running back, a third-round pick in a running back isn't too bad, and that's where you find a lot of the value, where you find guys like Jonathan Taylor that were selected late second round, early third round, and also wide receiver. There's a lot of really talented wide receivers that we watched this, uh, this past week at the Senior Bowl, and – Trying to think of guys who would be like second or third round wide receivers. I think Dontavian Wicks had a really solid week at the Senior Bowl. I think that that would probably be a good projection for him. Uh, Jalen Reed could be a guy in the second. I don't know if he drops all the way to the third there. Um, Maybe but Tank he Bell. Possibly, although that would break a, a pretty big mold that the Bucks have had in terms of at least their premium draft assets, um, because Dell is is very very slight of frame. Yeah. Uh, he plays big, which is really cool. I mean, he gets up there and he, and he high points the ball as well as, as anybody his height can. Um, 
and the biggest thing with Dell is he just, when you get that open, you typically don't have to worry that much about how big the guy is that's covering you. Right. Yeah. So um, I think those are some, some pretty uh, interesting spots there. Um, one guy I would love for the bucks to target. Um, I am going to follow our mantra of just referring to him as AA, uh, the defensive tackle out of Northwestern. Um, he really popped for me at the senior bowl. A um, little bit on the undersized. I, I want to say he was around 275, 280 as yeah. a, as a three technique out of Northwestern. He played a little bit on the edge as a defensive end, um, but he showed amazing strength and leverage was stout against the run. And he was getting quite a few um, uh, rushes where he was shooting the gap and just really playing with a lot of leverage and, and getting into the backfield. So, um, some really awesome, uh, uh, reps from him at the senior bowl that kind of stood out. Uh, Tony yeah. Saylor, I like this comment here. I don't watch college football, so I have no idea who any of these players are. Well, that's why you come to the pewter report podcast, Tony, to get yourself familiar with some of these guys. So when the draft comes up and they're selected, you're going to have at least a little bit of familiarity with them. So we appreciate you coming on here and, uh, and getting informed by myself and Adam here. So um, I think the, the last scenario that we should probably talk a little bit about is, well, the Bucks could stay at 19. They could trade back. I think this is the one that's gonna get a lot of people talking. What happens if they trade up? How far can they go up? And who would they target if they do? But before we talk about that, I want to tell you a little bit about my friends over at Pin Chasers. So Pin Chasers is a great night out with friends and family. They have different deals every night of the week from all you can eat pizza to all you can uh, bowl and dollar beers. The food is underrated and they serve brunch on weekends. God, that sounds so good right now. Uh, <laughs> if you want to host a birthday party for your child, they also have an arcade area so the kids can bowl and play video games. It's a great spot to host a company event. Go to pinchasers.net and you can see what's the best day that they have for you. Now, I live up in the Atlanta area, so I am very unfortunate in not having a pin chasers near me. However, as you and I talked about when we were in Mobile last week, I will be down in Tampa most likely in April. One of the first spots I plan on hitting is pin chasers because a i love to bowl and b the only thing i love to do more than bowling is eat and pin chasers will have me covered on both yeah so adam do you think a the bucks may trade up from 19 b how far up do you think they can go and c why would they do it who out there could be worth a trade up and the extensive draft capital that it were, would require? I think one guy that we've seen a lot of, there's people that are very high on him or and people that think he's another Malik Willis, and that would be Anthony Richardson, another Florida quarterback. You're going and straight there, aren't you? I'm going straight there. And there's <laughs> been a lot of talk. <laughs> he's been rumored to go to the Panthers at nine, right? So mm -hmm. let's say the Bucks want to trade up to eight. Who's at eight? The Atlanta Falcons. I don't see two division rivals really trading with each other. It happened and last I, year. It happened last year. Detroit but Detroit and Minnesota, they, they've worked out a deal with each other. And I want to say, 
what was it two years ago didn't the giants and the eagles get together to screw over jerry jones and and by oh, screw over i mean he ended up getting micah parsons so i don't think he's too upset about it so yeah but i but get what you're saying it's not not a usual trade it's not a usual trade and in such a competitive division i don't know if teams would be really wanting to help each other in finding a quarterback of the future if that's what it ends up being mm-hmm. and so in that case, I think three quarterbacks get taken in the top seven in Shroud, Young, and Levis. Those aren't really on the board for the Bucs unless they're willing to do a, a draft day style trade where they trade first round picks for <laughs> three consecutive years. But, oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, great Kevin Costner reference. Yeah. Uh. So if Richardson, he slips past nine, I could see the Bucs definitely trading up for him. But just having so many holes on the roster, unless there's a guy like Witherspoon or Brian Branch that they really want, I don't see them really trading up. Yeah, I, I agree with you that the I think the only position that they trade up for would be a quarterback. Um, you know, we 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 I think it's chalk to talk about Stroud and um, Young just absolutely not being there. I think those are probably top four guys. Levis is interesting because. Much like Anthony Richardson, if you were to look at a lot of, I would say, the draft community in terms of fans, there's a whole lot of love and hate for him, right? He had a lot of turnovers at Kentucky last year, and that scares a lot of people off. But in terms of he's got the build, he's got all of the the physical traits that you would want, Um He's definitely not afraid to kind of put himself out there as a leader. I don't know how many people he's going to get to put mayonnaise in their coffee or eat bananas with the peels on, Uh, Mm -hmm. but he's at least not afraid to put himself out there that way. Um, But I don't know if it's a guarantee that Levis is gone by say not, right? There's, there's a possibility that he may still be there. Now there are a lot of quarterback needy teams and teams every year talk themselves into traits and saying we've got to go get this guy we saw it a couple years ago with um zach wilson you know out of byu he went to the jets i want to say it was it number two or two overall right yeah uh and and he has not succeeded very much to the point where i think that that organization is ready to move on from him um so i think that there's still the possibility that levis and anthony richardson are there when you're getting into that you know, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. And if you start to see one of those guys slide, that's where I think that the Bucks may have a contingency plan where they say, we're not willing to trade into the top 10. But if one of these two guys falls to say 12 or 13, that's when we're willing to make that, that move. That's when the draft capital becomes a little less cumbersome for us to give up. And that's where we have the opportunity to potentially find that that long-term guy a lot of that's going to come down to how the bucks feel about their current only quarterback who's going to be on the roster as of march 15th uh, at this moment and that's kyle trask because let's not forget and i don't think many bucks fans have kyle trask is somebody that the bucks have invested a decent amount of draft capital in in the form of a second round pick in 2021 right and trask has not been given the opportunity to show he is or isn't the guy in that much game film, right? The bulk of the film that he's been able to show has been throwing to third string players, right? He had, 
half, not even a half. No, in, like a quarter. Yeah, about a quarter, a little over a quarter of play in week 18 against the Falcons. But not even that was with starters. That was with a lot of the bottom of the roster guys uh, that the Bucks had at that time. So he hasn't really been given that opportunity to say with a starting offensive line throwing to a Mike Evans and a Chris Godwin. And at least for right now, and, and I personally hope in next year, uh, Russell Gage, this is the type of production that I can put up. So that is something that the Bucks are going to have to consider. And if they say, you know what, we don't have enough faith in Kyle Trask, and all of a sudden an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levis is starting to move down to 12, 13, 14, we've seen Jason Light move up one or two spots, very small, in the first round. He did it in 2020 to go get Tristan Wirfs. So if they believe one of those two guys is the guy or um, either of them is the guy and one of them slipping, I could definitely see the Bucks potentially making that move, depending on the draft capital that it, it it would require. And we saw a team do that just a couple of years ago with Justin Fields, right? Yeah. Fields was consistently mocked as a top five, top ten guy, right? When especially around this time of the draft seat cycle, it was Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, um, Mac Jones. Uh, Jones was a little bit further. I think it was those two. And then it was uh, Wilson, right? Those were yeah. kind of the top three. And then there was how much belief is there in Mac Jones and then the potential of Trey Lance, right? And then as the, the draft cycle kind of went on, it became Lawrence and Wilson. And then all of a sudden with the 49ers interest in Lance, he started jumping up. And by the time you get to the draft, Justin Fields slid out of the top 10 to where the Bears felt very similarly kind of to this um, scenario that I'm putting forward. I think they were sitting in like the low twenties at the time around 21. And they said, well, we're going to move up. We're going to grab a sliding Justin Fields. So um, it, it's definitely a possibility. Do I think it's a likelihood? No, because I don't think it's likely that Levis falls that far. I don't think it's likely that the bucks are willing to give up that kind of draft capital, but it's a non-zero chance. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I guess I'll kind of leave it with this, and I want to get your opinion. Out of these three scenarios, which do you think is the most likely to happen? And if it were to happen, what would be your dream scenario in terms of who the Bucks end up selecting with whatever plan? Try and keep it realistic. Like, I don't want you having them trade back to them, you know, the second round and getting C.J. Stroud. That yeah, doesn't seem very likely, but just in terms of likelihoods. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw two options. So if they stay at 19, dream scenario, I think Brian Branch is a perfect fit for Todd Bowles, his secondary, and just filling a lot of gaps there with, with so many pending free agents. Now, if the Bucks were to trade back to, let's say, 25-27, Bijan Robinson, the value is just, for running backs like him only come around every few years. So I would say take B. John Robinson, maybe get a late second round, early third round pick, take a guy. If they don't get Kyle Blue Kelly at 50, maybe take him a little later, get another impact player, uh, maybe tight end. We didn't mention tight end. There's a lot of great tight ends. It's a deep class. You got guys like Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Uh, Oregon State. You have Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Maybe one of those guys falls. And just getting more impact players there. So I would say... 
either Brian Branch at 19, if he's there, take him. If they want to trade back, Bijan Robinson, maybe get another impact player. Gotcha. So in terms of likelihood, I, I think 19 is, is staying at 19 is the most likely scenario. Um, and, and, you know, that's the tough thing for me. I'm very early into my, my, my eval process and there's nobody that I think will be at 19 who I think could be a Bucks target and that I think they'd get great value for. It's just such a tough spot of the part of the draft. It's far enough outside of the top 10 that you don't feel confident that you're getting like a dude, right? But it's not so far back that whoever you're taking in that spot, you're like, it almost feels like a reach, right? It's just a spot that feels like a reach um, for whoever's available. So I, I, I agree with you, Brian Branch. I, I I feel good about that. If he were there at 19, I just, I don't think he is. I think he'll be yeah. off the board by then. Um, so while I think that's the most likely, I would love to see a trade back. Um, and with it, I'd love to see somebody like Tyreek Stevenson. I would be, and I know this is going to be a bit of a take. I would be fine if the Bucks traded back to somewhere like 27 and 28 and take Caillou Blue Kelly. But, I'll I'll say this out loud and people can can yell and scream at me afterwards. Um, I have a higher eval on Caillou Blue Kelly than I do Joey Porter. Mm. So I have Kelly as, as a higher rated corner. I don't have Porter rated as as high as a lot of people do. So if that were like if that were the scenario where they moved back, yeah, 